You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I woke up this morning with a normal feeling for me. It felt like sadness, but more like hunger than anything else. The closest word for it is empty. Whatever the feeling was, I wanted it to go away. Within an hour of waking up, this feeling's usually gone. Coffee can do it, catching up on sports, and by the time I check my email, I'm good. At least I'm full for the present. The feeling, whatever it was, is gone. But quite easily, I slip back into the emptiness. If not the next hour, the next day. Technology gives me the quickest, most instantly gratifying fill. That's why I like social media. All I really need is one like on Instagram, and I'm golden. Facebook can do it too, as long as it's about me. And I look on Twitter to get my sarcasm fill for the day. It doesn't really take much, but it doesn't really last long either. If social media doesn't do it, music always fills me up, especially when I'm driving. I got my tunes, the open road, and I can listen to whatever I want. I rock the same songs over and over again. I was empty. Now I'm filled. I have millions of ways to fill up. I didn't even mention TV, movies, or beach vacations, alcohol, cars, home improvements, accolades at work. Whatever I want, I can have it. With the touch of a button or the drop of a hat, the world is at my fingertips. I can fill myself with whatever I want, cash pending. All I have to do is convince myself that it's good to eat and desirable for food. Then it's just a matter of plucking my choice fruit from the tree. So what do you fill your life with? Um... I read this week that the average American watches television four and a half hours a day. The average American watches television four and a half hours a day. So I don't know how much time you watch television, but um, I, I think I need to add a disclaimer and just say in the month of March, you can watch television as much as you want to. Um, I did pray about March Madness and watching the NCAA basketball tournament, and it seemed to me that the Lord said that He was watching the tournament too. That's what it seemed to me that He was saying. Um, we spend a lot of time on the internet and in social media. We fill our lives with uh, many things. We go to movies, we play sports, we watch sports, we travel. It's not like it used to be, though. Travel used to be maybe once or twice a year there would be this trip that a person would take. Now it's more like maybe once a month there's some kind of maybe shorter trip that we're involved in. We, we tend to get around. We're pretty mobile as a society. 
We spend lots of time on hobbies. And so if I ask you, why, why do you do all of those things? Why do you watch television? Why do you spend time online? Why do you spend time with social media? Why do you play or watch sports? Why do you spend time on hobbies? Why do you do travel? Why do you do all of that stuff? I think that most of us are going to respond, well, because it's pleasurable. I do it for entertainment. You've got to do something with your life, right? And so I do those things so I can enjoy my life. That's why I do those things. They're enjoyable. So Rick, I mean, we saw the video, we're listening to you start. You're, you're not implying that pleasure is a bad thing, are you? I mean, you're not acting like that pleasure is not good or something that we, we shouldn't participate in, are you? No, not at all. That's not where I'm going. I think the issue is that we ask the wrong things of pleasure. We ask it to produce something it is not capable of producing. We often turn to pleasure to find fulfillment, and it will never give us fulfillment. And when it fails to give us fulfillment, what we do is we find ourselves adding more pleasure. Maybe if I spent more time and more money on pleasure, then it would finally produce the result that I wanted to produce. Maybe then I would find meaning in life, and I would find satisfaction, and I would find fulfillment. But it doesn't. It leaves us empty. And what we find is that our lives are very cluttered. With all of this stuff that we're adding to try to bring meaning and fulfillment into life. And so we're in a series called Clear the Stage. And so it's why the worship felt very different this morning. It's why there's not very much on the platform today. We've said, let's just clear the stage. And what if this stage represented your life? And what if your life began to look more like the stage as we move through the season of Lent with Jesus on his journey to the cross? And what if you just eliminated some stuff out of your life. And what if you were able to focus on what does bring fulfillment in life? And what if we just simplified our schedule some and we made more time to sit at Jesus' feet? There's a guy who really understands the concept well. His name is Solomon. He's in the Old Testament of our Bible. Bless you. And so let me invite you to open your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes, will you? And we'll go to chapter 2 and find these words of Solomon. So here's what Solomon is doing. He's trying to find meaning in life. So where are you looking for meaning, Solomon? And he says, well, I looked in wisdom, and I didn't find meaning when I looked in wisdom. So where else are you looking for meaning, Solomon? And he says, well, I, I looked in hard work, toil, hard labor. I didn't find it there. And so here in chapter 2, we find that he looks another place to find meaning in life. So let me share these words with you, okay? Here's what he says. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. I didn't find it there. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? And so I tried cheering myself with wine. And embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. What do you mean by great projects? He says, well, I did this. I built houses for myself. And I planted vineyards. And I made gardens and parks. And I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water the groves of flourishing trees. 
What else did you do? Well, I bought male and female slaves. And I had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself. In other words, I got rich. The treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well. Ah, the delights of a man's heart. What's he, what's he talking about there? He's not talking about love. He's talking about romance. He's talking about sex. I became greater far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all of this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Are you hearing these words? I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. If I saw it and I wanted it, I had it. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve... Everything, 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 everything was meaningless. I did not find meaning in pleasure. It was like a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Good words for us today. Amen. You know, you, you are unique because you live in a society for the first time in the history of the world where you have access to money and the willingness to carve out time to spend probably more energy seeking pleasure than any era before us. So you are a part of a culture that has more money and is willing to carve out more time to seek pleasure than probably any era in human history. We're all about pleasure. Do you remember I told you that I went to a seminar 20, 25 years ago as a young pastor? And, and I listened to people who were forecasting the future, and you know what they said? They, they said that in 20, 25 years... Time will be what is so highly valued because our schedules will be so crazy. Now, this is 20, 25 years ago. They're telling me that in 20 or 25 years from now, meaning now, that time will be such of a great value because of our crazy schedules to the point that people will be doing anything to carve out time. And they said to me, whereas in those days, people who attend church on a regular basis will only miss two Sundays a year for leisure... 20, 25 years from now, in 2010, 2015, people will be missing church who are regular attenders up to 13 times a year just for leisure. I, I think maybe they underestimated. What, what, what do you make of it, Rick? Well, I think we're chasing something. I, I, I think we are trying to fix something that has gone very wrong, something that is very broken in life. I think what we're doing is we're trying to create margin in our lives because we never see family, we never have time to rest. 
And I think we're chasing after something. We are, we are trying to fix something that is broken. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting away. God knows I get away on occasion. I think we have to be careful to understand what we are making sacrifices to and for. And you and God have got to work that out. So Solomon says, I'm looking for meaning. You understand that, 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 that pleasure is a gift from God. I, I don't think that ever, ever, God was up in heaven one day and he goes, Oh my goodness, I am not believing this. They love food. Look at the parking lot at Golden Corral. It is packed. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was a first service joke. Um, <laughs> you should be laughing at that. That, wasn't, that was a mistake I made. Was... I think God made food for nutrition, but I think God made food for us to enjoy. He knew we were going to love food. I don't think God was ever one day up in heaven saying, I can't believe this. They like sex. I think God gave us sex for appropriation, but God also gave us sex for our enjoyment. I don't think there's anything inherently evil with sex or wrong with sex or bad with sex. I don't think God ever said one day up in heaven, why do they run around in groups? They're always hanging out together. I think God gave us one another to care for each other and to love one another, but I think God knew that we would enjoy and He gave us each other for enjoyment. I love being around people. Love it. I don't think that God ever one day up in heaven said, I can't believe they are traveling thousands of miles to look at my creation, the oceans and the mountains and the chasms and the canyons that I created. No, I think God made it for our enjoyment. God gave us pleasure. It's when we misuse it or when we ask pleasure to produce something that it has no power to produce for us. And so Solomon... Solomon says, I'm looking for meaning in life, and I did not find it in wisdom, and I did not find it in hard work. And I say amen to that. And he said, I did not find it in pleasure. Let, 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 me, let me give you the list again. Do you mind just going through the list again? So what does he do to try to find pleasure? I tried laughter, he says. I tried cheering myself with wine. I was tossing the happies. I wasn't getting happier. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I got really rich. I amassed silver and gold for myself and all the treasures of kings and provinces. Maybe money will do it. I acquired male and female singers. A harem. I got me a bunch of ladies. Ah, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. Listen to this. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I, I remember this lady that used to say to me, Do you want it? Then get it. I mean, that, just, just get it. That's what Solomon did. I refused my heart no pleasure. Can you imagine what it would be like if we began living like that over these next few days? Des, d deny yourself nothing your eyes desire. 
I'm telling you, I would eat every donut in a five-mile radius of Bethany, Oklahoma. I would weigh 20 more pounds by Friday. I would not have a penny left in the bank because every time I walk in the store, there's something I say, I'd like to have one of those. I mean, I desire a lot of stuff. Can you imagine living your life like that? Solomon, what were you looking for? And Solomon shrugs and answers us by saying, I was looking for meaning in life. I was trying to make sense of human existence, okay? Well, how'd that work out for you? Everything was meaningless. It left me empty in my search for meaning. Do you remember me last week telling you that if you wanted to read a book with me through this series, Kyle Eidelman's Gods at War would be a great book to read. He tells a story in one of the chapters about going to Haiti. And he said, I was amazed because in Haiti, do you know how long people stay in church? (laughs) They're there for like four hours. He said, at my church where I pastor in the States, if I go over an hour, people are like doing this on me, you know. In Haiti, they worship for four hours. I mean, they just keep worshiping. He said, there's church services in Haiti that go... Six hours. And so I had this conversation with this pastor. Had a lot of respect for him. And I wanted to talk to him about how in the world do people stay focused. And why do they want to be at church for four hours. And he said, I was hoping that he would say something profound. Something that would maybe even cause me to redefine my ecclesiology. And so I asked him, why do people worship four hours? And he said, the pastor looked at me and he chuckled and he said, we have nothing else to do. We don't have televisions. We don't have the internet. If we had theaters, we wouldn't have the money to go to them. We don't have anything distracting us. And what have we been talking about for the last few weeks during the season of Lent as we seek to focus on Christ as He journeys toward the cross? We've said, would you just try to pretend that maybe this stage is your life? Then what if you just made your life begin to look like the stage and you just cleared a lot of stuff off? And you begin to make room for the one who deserves it. And you begin to focus more on Christ. Eidelman says, what if we went Haitian? What if you took seriously the challenge on the first week of Lent? There's something in your worship folder every week. There's one there this week. What if we really fasted some media? We made room for Christ. Solomon says, in all of my quest for pleasure, and you saw my list, I tried it all. Nothing was gained. Nothing. Nothing. And I think what is significant is the last phrase of the passage I read to you this morning. There was nothing significant, nothing gained rather, he says. And the last phrase is, under the sun, I was looking in all the wrong places. I was looking here for meaning 
and satisfaction and fulfillment. And I should have been looking there. And he sums it up in the very last chapter of Ecclesiastes, the very last verse, chapter 13, verse 12. And here's what he says. Let me give you the words. He says, now that all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. This is where life is fulfilling. I I remember uh, when we lived in Cincinnati in 2008, there was a hurricane that we were hearing about called Ike. And and we began to get this report that some of the residual winds of Ike was going to make its way all the way to Cincinnati. Do you know how far inland Cincinnati, Ohio is? It did. September 14, 2008, we did church on Sunday morning. We heard that really strong winds were coming, the strongest that we'd ever felt. Residual winds of Hurricane Ike. And I had a wedding to do that afternoon after lunch. I ran out and did the wedding. All I want to do is get home because I've never been anything like this. 70 mile an hour winds. I've never experienced that in my life. It was blowing trees down on everything across the roads and on all the power lines. Most of the city that afternoon went without power. Cincinnati, Ohio. $550 million worth of damage was done that afternoon. And so you couldn't go to work the next day because nobody had electricity. Buying gas was almost impossible because only electricity was on in just a few hot spots in the city. And so we have four cars in our driveway. When we wake up on Monday morning, not one of them has over a quarter of a tank of gas. I kid you not. I get in one of them, and I'm going to go try to find gas. I've been on the phone with a friend. He tells me that there's a station down from us that's selling gas. I decided to take a back way because they say the line to the gas pump is over a half mile long. People are running out of gas in line and pushing their cars every few minutes in the line just to get up to the pumps. And I find this little market in kind of a rough part of town, and their line is not nearly as long, and I think this is money. I'm getting gas right here. And so everybody's getting out of their car. It's eerie. It's just eerie. Stores are open, but they got a sign that says cash only. They walk you through with flashlights. It's just strange. I just felt like this is weird. It's like something you see in a movie. I remember standing outside my car, and this other car comes from a different direction. Like, he is not going to wait in line. He is going to get gas now. And these other two guys, rough guys, walk over to him and begin to challenge him. Like, no, you're not going to do that. They start cussing at each other. Before I know it, one guy's got a hold of the guy's shirt collar like this, and he begins to pop him in the head. And the guy's just sitting in his car with his head, just, you know. I'm like, I'm not believing this is happening right before me. They're beating this guy up. All of a sudden, I hear brakes, and I look up, and a guy's getting hit on a motorcycle by a car. He gets up, and he's trying to walk around, but he's walking like this with his helmet on, and they're trying to get him to sit down on the curb. And I'm thinking, what is happening right here? I turn around, and there's an old lady standing behind me outside her car. She's got no teeth, big white eyes, and she looks at me, and she says, The world's coming to an end, man. And I remember thinking, I know, and I wish I was with people who love me right now, you know? <laughs> it was a crazy week. People went two weeks without electricity. We went just less than a week. I said, what did you do? Well, we spent a lot of time with our family. 
a lot of time with our family. We all have decks on the back of our houses in Cincinnati, wooden decks. Spend a lot of time on our deck. It was fall of the year, the weather was beautiful. We cooked on gas grills. Our neighbors were cooking on their gas grill on the right and the ones on the left. And so we talked to our neighbors and we shared food. We went for long walks. In the, you would drive into the neighborhood and the neighborhood was just full of people walking. It was crazy. We actually met our neighbors. That was wild. <laughs> you know what we did when it got dark? We went to bed. Felt like some really good Lenten practices. You know what happened in our lives for a few days? Our stage got cleared. We didn't have any television. We didn't have any internet service. But we had each other. And we had God. And so that's where we focused. Pleasure's not bad, it's a gift from God. It's when we ask it to produce something that it is not capable of producing. And it leaves us empty. And it leaves us unfulfilled. Then where do you find fulfillment? You're going to love this, okay? You follow a man who has a cross on his back. And you go where he goes. That is where you find fulfillment. (laughs) Who would have thought? That's where contentment comes from. We've been looking in the wrong places. And it's made our lives really cluttered. And so what is it that you could clear off the stage of your life? And make some room for the one who deserves it, for the one who can bring fulfillment to your life. Melina, come, would you? I want you to hear this song. And I believe that God, by the power of His Holy Spirit in these moments, will speak to you through this song. So we open our hearts to you, Father, in this moment. And we ask you to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Speechless by your beauty probably assume, but uh, I want to say it anyway, that when I preach on Sundays, very often I'm preaching to me. 
Uh, I live in a culture that sends me a lot of messages. Uh, Frankly, I live in a culture that tells me a lot of lies. And it's really easy sometimes to begin to believe those messages. It's when I open God's Word that I hear truth again. And this morning with you, I've heard truth again. And it's reminded me, your pastor, it's reminded me that those are not the places I find fulfillment. It's in following the man with the cross. And so it just may be this morning that God has spoken to you and you realize that, uh, man, I've got something to learn here, something to grow, some way to grow in. And so we're going to end our time together in prayer as we love to do. And so if you want to come this morning and kneel at the altar in response to the sermon, hey, Rick, God's spoken to me. I've heard some good stuff here. And I just need to talk to the Father about it. Then I would invite you to come and pray. Also, this morning, I want you to feel free to come and pray about whatever's going on in your life. It's been a hard week for some of you. And it'd be great if you could just get on your knees this morning and just tell the Lord. And maybe even have a friend kneel beside you and put a hand on your shoulder and pray for you. Some of you have been counting the cost of following Christ. You would love to be forgiven of your sin. And you know what that means. And you would say, Rick, this morning I think I'm ready to make a decision to follow Christ. I want to become a Christian. So this morning you can come. If you want to be prayed for for healing, there will be pastors here. You can just get their attention for whatever you might want them to pray with you about. But if you want them to anoint you with oil and pray for your physical healing, they will do that too. So why don't you stand with me and let's sing. And if you want to come and pray, feel free to do so. You can also pray where you are, but I would challenge you this morning to have a conversation with God before you leave the room. You can sing all you want to, yes you can, sing all you want to.
feel free to hang around as long as you like and feel free to go when you need to go. When you leave, leave quietly. People will pray for a while. Kyle will lead us in worship for a while. God bless you. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.